Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Draw Control Podcast. On today's podcast, I'm joined by Villanova women's lacrosse captain Caroline Colonel. Uh, this past season, Caroline was named to the All Big East first team and was a USA Lacrosse Magazine All-American Honorable Mention. Caroline also broke the program record at Villanova for draw controls with 382, so I think it's only fitting that she's the first ever guest uh, for the Draw Control podcast. Thank you so much, Carolyn, for coming on the podcast, and how's everything going? It's great. Thanks for having me, Matthew. Um, summer's been good. I mean, graduated, obviously, so just trying to figure out job searches, and um, I've been enjoying. I just went on a trip uh, with my mom, so it was nice to take a break, obviously, after five years of playing collegiate lacrosse, it gets to you, um, yeah. but it's been good so far. It's busy, but I like busy, so. That's awesome. How has your summer been going? I guess since graduating college, I know you mentioned you were going, you went on a trip. Uh, Where did you head off to? And uh, how was that? Yeah, uh, my mom and I just got back from Paris. We went for a week. She had some business over there. Um, So it was great just to like be able to fly out and meet her. Um, I've never been there. So it was just, it was a good time away. Um, Lots of walking, (laughs) but it was great. I mean, other than that, I'm coaching club um, for Triple H, uh, Philly girls lacrosse. They're right out in Philly. And so my weekends are just at club tournaments. I have practiced twice a week. Um, and this week we have Villanova lacrosse camp. So definitely just still in the lacrosse world for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. I've never been to Europe. Um, how different is it compared to the uh, United States? And um, what was it like seeing the Eiffel Tower and all that stuff in person? Because I'm assuming you uh, went over and saw that stuff. Yeah, we did everything. Um, it was awesome. I mean, first of all, like the food is phenomenal. Um, it's just like, it's completely different than what you get here. Um, I mean, everything we went, we walked everywhere. So all the main attractions that you would expect to see, we saw, um, definitely cool to be there in person for sure. Um, it was just nice to, you know, get a break and experience something different for a week, you know, knowing that I was getting back into the lacrosse side of things. And how big is the Mona Lisa in person? Um, small, definitely small. I didn't even go to the front cause I was like, this isn't even worth it, but it was probably like a yeah normal size picture <laughs> it's probably bigger too with the bulletproof graph glass and all that security that yeah i noticed that they did that so it was, it was definitely a crowd i'm like eh, is it really worth it i just think it's crazy because there's all these amazing other pictures around the mona lisa but only everyone's only focused on the mona lisa which i find pretty crazy because all this other stuff was probably made like around the same time and it probably took like years for it to even get made and painted yeah for sure everything there was made hundreds of years ago i mean it's quite awesome to see just the architecture and the sculptures and everything, how it's still in, you know, such prestige form, but um, it was a great trip. Now I re- I saw that you're working for a cross company and I apologize if I butcher this name, uh, dig 22 lacs LLC. Um, I just want to ask what that was all about. And if you want to talk about it at all. Yeah, I would love to. Um, it's actually my own company. I started it back in October. Um, I had created an LLC as a way for me to just, um, get more training out there in hopes to also run camps and clinics. Um, I had actually flown down to IMG and I ran a clinic with them, a two-day clinic in December. So they kind of like kicked off my um, LLC, you know, debut. Um, I mean, I'm just getting started. It's kind of was something that I wanted to put together knowing that the NIL deals and all that stuff could be now promoted. So it was a way to put my name, image, and likeness out there. Um, it's been good so far. I mean, I'm kind of just like backpacking it off my club practices, um, and just my network in the Philly area, but hoping I can expand it later on and get some people to come and work for me. Um, I mean, my goal is to just have this be a thing that I can travel across the country, teach girls about 
how to take the draw, what to do, um, talk about circle strategy. Um, we can get into it later, but basically everything and anything about the draw, um, that's just my way of giving back to, you know, girls that are coming in to play at college or high school or any level. Um, cause it's something that I'm really passionate about. That's awesome. Do you want to promote on here or where to follow it? So people can uh, jump <laughs> yeah. on the bandwagon a little of bit before course. it starts. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Um, I have an Instagram account at dig 22 lacs. Um, right now I just actually today, this morning had posted my, you know, release graphic. So, um, this week is going to be big. I'll be putting a lot of stuff up there, hopefully some camps and clinics flyers, um, that will be hosted in the Philly area. Definitely just trying to grow the content of that. Um, but yeah, stay tuned. So I would love a follow, you know, sounds good. Well, I'll definitely give it a follow after this. (laughs) But I now want to transition and sort of talk about the beginning of your career and sort of work all the way up to where you are today. Uh, so you're from Ridgefield, Connecticut. Uh, just talk about growing up there and how did you start playing lacrosse? Um, yeah, so I've grown up in Ridgefield for 23 years. I've lived in the same house. Um, I actually did not start playing lacrosse until fifth grade. I played softball. Um, my dad was a collegiate and professional baseball player. So it was kind of in our family to, you know, take the pass of that. Um, and it actually kind of a weird story, but, um, it wasn't until my friend's dad and mom who were the RYL, like youth coaches at the time had said to me, um, like, Hey, like Colonel, why don't you play lacrosse? Like you would definitely enjoy it. Um, sadly he had actually passed away last year due to a hard fought battle with cancer. Um, but he was my lacrosse coach, my first ever lacrosse coach, um, for the, my fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth, basically all of youth year. So, um, it was definitely sad when I'd heard that news. Um, he was the one that got me involved in the sport. I'm so grateful for that. Um, and it was just quite like casual when it even got brought up to me, like it was just, Hey, you should play. And I'm like, okay. And then, you know, the next week I showed up to tryouts and, um, you know, the story goes on from there, but definitely really appreciative of that conversation. And, you know, those memories as a little kid playing for him. Um, so just wanted to put a tribute to him out there because, you know, I obviously wouldn't be involved in the sport if he didn't say anything. So. That's kind of like a bit of my, a bit of my youth days. Um, it was definitely very casual, like not like how youth lacrosse is now. I mean, I didn't even play club. Um, I know you later on asking me about my um, other high school sports of volleyball and basketball, but I was a three sport athlete. So uh, I just didn't really have the time to, you know, specialize in any one sport. Um, I wouldn't do it differently. I loved my experience, but you know, there's only so many hours in the day and um, so I kind of just, I played whenever I had the stick in my hand during, you know, March to June. Yeah. I think that's a good thing though, because talking to other coaches and other sports, they actually wish, uh, athletes played other sports. Cause it just makes you a better overall athlete. And the burnout isn't as much as when you only play one sport for an entire season. So it's kind of sad. Cause I feel like you don't see that as much as you used to back in the day. You, you don't at all. And I mean, I loved, again, like I loved my experience, especially playing basketball. I mean, they're such similar sports. So um, it's really just 5v5 versus 7v7. Um, it really has obviously helps my IQ, but just like, again, like you said, mentioned the burnout. Um, like I was excited to be able to specialize in a sport come into college because I had never got the chance to do that. So I was like pumped to play all year round versus now, you know, kids are traveling to tournaments. I mean, I coach them um, like 24 seven, like winter, spring, summer. Um, so I feel for them, you know, I'm like always telling them like, Hey, take a break, like go to the beach, do this. But um, I think that's something that I was definitely grateful for because, I mean, I'm still not burnt out and I'm 23. Like, I want to stay involved. Did you watch any lacrosse growing up? Did you have, like, a favorite player? I'm just curious about that. Um, Actually, like, 
in my youth days, I honestly didn't. I don't know if that's just because the world we were in, it wasn't really like being broadcasted. Um, I mean, it was like, what, 2010, 11, 12. So like women's professional lacrosse wasn't a thing. I don't even think I was like into college lacrosse at the time. Um, I really just like looked up to people at my high school and I don't really think any of them ended up going to play, but you know, you're like, you're six, seven, eight. And you're like thinking that a 17 and 18 year old is like the coolest person ever. Um, but I think it was really when I like got into high school and then even in college, like when I was in college, I was such a lax rat. So like, I would always be watching WPLL, which is now athletes unlimited. I'd be watching other club, um, and college teams. So, I mean, anywhere from like Kayla Trainer to Michelle Tumalo to Katrina Dowd, um, Taylor Cummings, like, you know, all the greats, um, and even like Charlotte North now, like constantly watching what she does. Um, that's honestly just like helped my game, but it's just fun to keep up with everybody else that's playing the same sport as you are, because you look at them and then you're like, all right, well, you're doing what I'm doing. So why is this any different? You know? Exactly. I need to start getting more into professional cross. I only really watched the women's game in college for now, but I would be, I'm going to miss some of the players once they graduate. So it'd be <laughs> cool to see, uh, them play in pro at some point, um, this year. Or yeah, next. for sure. For sure. Yeah. Now, before college, like you sort of mentioned, you played for your high school team in Ridgefield, uh, where you had a lot of individual and team success, according to the Villanova website. So just talk about your experience there and I guess what you took away uh, from your four years in high school um, as a lacrosse athlete. Yeah, um, high school lacrosse was so fun. I mean, I'm still best friends with all the girls I played with. My best friend actually plays at Temple. Um, so we had a great time. It was honestly just like way more fun and casual. Um then again, it is now we played in the FCAC, which is a pretty um, dominant league in Connecticut. And then we competed for the state championship my senior year. Um, it was such a great experience. I mean, like we really took off my junior season and we went to our first ever like county um, championship. We had beat New Canaan um, and it was a really fun game to be a part of. And then we obviously we had lost to Darien because they've just been dominant for the past 20 years. Um, and then my senior year, we had gone to the state championship for the first time in our school's history. So that was so great. And it was just, I mean, an incredible experience. It was just stuff we look back on and we laugh, you know, thinking about the practices and the games and the bus rides and the music, the dancing, all that stuff. So I guess that really you know, solidified my love for lacrosse and my reason for why I wanted to play in college. What's the best memory you have from your high school days when you look back on it now? Uh, I would definitely have to say my final game to take us to the state championship for the first time. We went to overtime and I had scored the game winning goal, but I had had a terrible game, like worst, probably worst game of my high school career. Um, but obviously it came down to when it mattered. And it was just like the memories of you know, being with your best friends at the time, being a sixth seed in the state tournament was huge to make it to the championship. And New Canaan had actually beat Darien. So it was kind of that like, you know, fun feeling of like, oh, we don't even have to play Darien. We actually got demolished by New Canaan. But <laughs> I mean, it was just fun to go into it being like, oh, we actually have a chance to do something special. Um, looking back, we obviously still did. That's the only time our team has ever been to the state championship. So um I mean, it was just, it was so great. And again, we look back and we smile and we laugh and we're just so grateful that like we had such a great lacrosse experience in high school because again, it's like why we chose to go on and continue playing. Now, something that you mentioned to me, which I found interesting was you didn't really play too much club lacrosse before heading off to college. So I'm curious, how did your high school lacrosse experience 
help prepare you uh, for college lacrosse when you went to Lafayette and then obviously heading off to Villanova? Yeah. So I, like you mentioned, I, so I didn't play club. Um, I had just done a ton of camps and clinics my sophomore year. So I was just trying to get exposure that way because I didn't have time. Um, it was just like, I actually had practiced for Yellow Jackets North and I had like worn some girls Jersey and like gone to the tournaments. And so we like joke back to being like, Oh, like Emma so-and-so probably got like emails that summer. And, and we just sort of like laughing being like, my experience was so unique. Um, but it was just like, again, like the high school aspect of it was really fun. And like, that's what this whole game is about. It's about having fun, finding joy. That's something that we talked a lot about this season. And it's just like, when you have an experience like that, that is like successful, fun and rewarding at the same time, you just really want more out of it. And that's what kind of has like fueled my fire. Um, And I think going into college, knowing that, you know, I went to Ridgefield, it wasn't like, the known school for lacrosse. It was like the New Canaan's, the Greenwich, the Darien's, like all of those top Fairfield County teams. We kind of carried our chip on our shoulder all the time and we never won a championship. And still as an athlete, I've never won a championship. And so that's now leading me into feeling my fire of why I want to be a coach. Um, because like, I still am chasing that feeling. I want that ring, you know, and I want to make a difference in other people. And I want them to have that same experience that I did of just like, you know, playing the game because you love it and because you love to meet the people and because you love the coaches that have like built you into the athlete you are. Um, it's all of those things, you know, it's like way more than just putting the ball in the back in the back of the net and getting a win. So, um, I mean, like high school across is just like, again, like part of my foundation and so is youth. And so everybody that I've met along the way, you know, just like really has pushed me to like be the person and athlete I am today. And like I mentioned before, you also played volleyball and basketball in high I'm school. I'm not sure I understand. Oh, sorry. That was my watch. <laughs> it's all good. That caught me off guard for a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, know. I was like, who's speaking to me? It's just Siri. So you also played lacrosse. Uh, you also played volleyball and basketball in high school as well. Um, I guess, what was it like playing those other sports um, in high school and how did it help you in lacrosse? Because obviously we talked about the burnout aspect, but I'm just curious if there was any sort of X's and O's aspect that you learned something in basketball that you wouldn't have learned in lacrosse. And that's something that could, I guess, translate into your game once the spring came. Um, I would say the biggest thing about playing three sports um, and like putting the sports side aspect of it aside, it was honestly just like getting exposure to the different coaches and the way that each coach had coached me as an athlete, it wasn't necessarily like the sport I was playing, but it's like my volleyball coach was different than my basketball coach. Like my basketball coach was like, you know, he was honestly one of my really good family friends. I had known him since I was two, but he was like a hard go-getter type of mentality. Um, you know, like the screamer, the jumper, like the very animated, like we loved him, but um, he was definitely more of like a fired up kind of person. And then he was different than my lacrosse coach. And it's just like having that exposure um, for when you're 14, 15, 16 for four years, just like really molds you into a specific type of athlete that has to be coachable because, you know, you're seeing different styles, um, you know, every two months. So I think like that was a huge part of it. And that's also, again, a huge part of why I want to be a coach, just because like, I'm so thankful for that experience to have three people in my life that like I had constantly looked up to and people that I still talk to today. Uh, I was just texting my high school coach last night. Like I still talk to my volleyball coach 
Um, they're just like really important people in my life. And I mean, shout out to them if they ever see this, but um, they, that was like the biggest, I would say, like rewarding experience about playing three sports. It's just like meeting those people and having that, you know, time with them to have them mold you to reach your potential. That's like what it's about. Um, and then, you know, obviously like my teammates and all that stuff is like extra added benefits, but um, I actually thought I was going to play volleyball in college. So that's also why my club days were kind of different because I had spent my whole summer's training preparing for my volleyball season. So um, again, like my career kind of took a turn once I committed for lacrosse, but um, yeah, it was just it was a lot of fun. Now, obviously you want to be a coach um, when you get older. So I'm curious if there's something like, is there different aspects of each coach that you learn from that you want to, I guess, use um, when you want to be a coach and are you more of like a hard nose, like yell coach? Or are you more like laid, laid back and relaxed? Cause at least talking to other coaches, at least from my experience playing sports, a lot of them say they don't like yelling anymore because kids don't really respond to it as well. And like, no one really likes being yelled on the bench and stuff. So I feel like you're seeing now more like player type coaches, more relaxed people, uh, just because most players, I feel like don't respond to that sort of like hard nose yelling coach. Cause I think at some point it gets too much, at least from my experience playing. I'm just curious what you think about that. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a difference between like yelling and then being emotional and energetic. I mean, if you ask my teammates, I'm definitely very emotional, um, but it's because I care a lot. So, um, I mean, there's a time and a place. I think, I, I think all of my coaches did a phenomenal job of like expressing their care for their athletes. And even in college, I had three sets of staffs at college, um, which is also a very unique experience. Usually people go to school and they have one coach for four years. Um, I had three and plus two assistants under that. So honestly, nine different coaches that were in my college career. Um, and I think it's like taking a little bit of each of their styles. It's taking the, you know, like the mom mentality of like, okay, like, this year we had 42 girls in your team like you're you have like 42 daughters and we say we have 42 sisters um but it's like pulling from my basketball coach it's like he was like fired up like every single game he was like okay this is what we're doing this is our game plan and like during the game he's like screaming his head off but like you know in a way that like wants you to play for something um bigger than yourself like it's like supporting your teammates and I saw that obviously carry through to our seasons this year because once you have that bond with your teammates you know you like you really want to play for them um I think like each coach obviously has a different style in what they say um but at the same time it's like all kind of the same because you're still like chasing that same goal um because I came from a very competitive high school and then played for obviously a competitive college in Villanova and a competitive conference. It's like, they all have that urge and that eagerness um, to just like be as competitive as possible. And obviously like be demanding, but in a fun, positive way, that's, you know, what kind of allows room for the yelling and the coaching, I would say it's honestly just like constructive criticism. Um, obviously it can be heated in the moment, but you know, you never take it personally because you can't be sensitive as an athlete. So I kind of have just pulled a mix from every single coach that I've had. And um, I think there's just like a good balance to it, you know, and I'm not going to be perfect my first year that I go into this job, but hopefully, you know, as time can tell, like I'll get used to it. And I think the most part of the biggest part about it is just like having relationships with your players. That's like positive um, in a way where they respect you. You can respect them. Um, a big thing that like I am is I'm very loyal and, 
the, you know, like the trust aspect and the honesty aspect is huge because then that's when it's going to create like a foundation where like they want to play for you and they want to win for you and vice versa. So, um, I mean, yeah, I'm excited to get into this profession for sure, just because I'm so grateful for obviously all the coaches that have been in my life. Now you originally uh, played for Lafayette college. I just want to ask you uh, talk about your recruiting process there. And I guess, why did you decide to go there originally? And even though you only played there for one year, uh, what did you take away from that experience? So my dad played baseball there. And again, honestly, my recruiting process was very different. And I had actually gone down to a tournament. He had been in contact with like the baseball coach because I just didn't know if I wanted to play lacrosse in college. So he had called him and was just like, I really need guidance on my daughter. I don't know if she's good enough to play in college. I I just, we were like really lost. Like my brother didn't play a college sport. He played basketball and football and uh, baseball in high school, like obviously an athletic family, but he went to Villanova and didn't play sport. So um, he just like really wanted guidance on like what to do because obviously the recruiting process is crazy. And before in my time, we didn't have the rule of September 1st. So kids were committed in like sixth and seventh grade. So like, obviously I'm starting the sport fifth grade. And like the girl in the class above me is like going to Syracuse. I'm like, all right, like I'm picking up a stick for the first time and you're already committed at the age of 14. So I mean, thank God they have this rule now. It's like honestly made things so much better for the girls. Um, But, you know, I just honestly committed because they were the only school that was like interested at the time. And my dad went there. So I had like felt this connection. And I mean, like I went for a year. Um, We weren't as strong athletically as I wished we could be I wanted something more competitive um we didn't have a great season but my coaches were you know phenomenal they had been let go at the end of the season but I still keep in contact with them my assistant coach is actually now at Rutgers and she's like the best I mean I've learned everything from her she was my draw coach so you know I I always joke around I'm like Anna, like I owe you all the credit because we would be outside for like hours on end um you know, teaching me my draw tactics and strategy and all that stuff. So I really, I owe all, a lot of my success for to her, if not all of it, because, you know, she really like brought my passion for the draw. Um, and after I kind of had that game, my freshman year, I was like, oh, all right, like, I get it. I get what it takes. Like, it's obviously a lot of practice, but, um, you know, they had obviously influenced me a lot and they just honestly pushed me enough where like, I knew I wanted to, you know, be in a more competitive conference, be at a more competitive school, um, a school that just had like excellent academics and excellent athletics. That was just like, you know, what I had dreamt of. And obviously it didn't happen right away when I was getting recruited. So the best fit for me was just to go into the transfer portal. So I'm really grateful for my experience. Like I would not have ended up at Villanova if I hadn't gone to Lafayette. Um, it's kind of a weird way thing to look back on, but you know, I'm so, so, so grateful for it. So, yeah, I don't know too much about Lafayette. The only thing I know it's named after the guy from Hamilton. So that's my only <laughs> yeah. experience uh, with that school. But um, getting back to sort of your transfer process with Villanova, um, how does the transfer process work in lacrosse? And I guess, how did Villanova reach out to you? And when did you realize Villanova was the school for you? So, like I said, my brother had went to Villanova. Um, it's been big in my family. I had an uncle that had graduated from here. My other uncle actually played on the lacrosse team the year before it became a varsity program. I had two cousins that had gone here. So, like, I was very familiar with the school. And, you know, when you're, like, 14, my brother's eight years older than me. 
So I was 14 at his college graduation. And I remember like walking around campus being like, I love it here. Like the stone, everything. It was just like beautiful. Um, and I like didn't know what college was. Like, I mean, I look back and I'm like, how did I not know like what, you know, all these schools were, but like, you don't. And, um, I had always compared like every school that I had looked to back to Villanova. Um, so it's just like really ironic that when I went in the portal, I had reached out to them and was like, Hey, my brother, I went here, you know, I sent the, you know, normal email to them as anyone would. And then when they got back to me, I was like super excited. Um, had set up a phone call. This was with my old coaching staff at the time and came to campus. And I mean, again, the rest is history. I had been looking at Georgetown and Richmond um, also while I was in the portal. And I think just having like the family connection to Villanova and knowing that it wasn't too far away from home, like really solidified the reason why I wanted to come um, just because Richmond and Villanova and Georgetown, all very comparable schools, all phenomenal lacrosse programs with great coaching staffs at the time. And um, I was just kind of like, I don't want to be five to seven hours away from home. So um, again, like really, it's really weird how things work out. Um, a little like side note, my mom, my freshman year was diagnosed with cancer. And the same day that she had gotten the call that she was cancer free and that her surgery was successful, 15 minutes later, the Villanova coach called me and said that my transcripts had been processed and that she wanted me to come. So like really crazy. I'm like, I'll never forget June 6th of 2019. Um, but that was kind of looking back like a meant to be sort of thing. And it's just like, again, really weird how the world works out, but super grateful for it. That's definitely a day to celebrate after that, I assume. Yeah, for sure. Now, your first year with Villanova was sort of unmemorable because it got cut short due to the pandemic. So I do want to ask sort of how did you handle that challenge uh, and adversity of not finishing your first year with uh, the team? but also having the challenges in regards to trying to prepare when you guys were going to play again uh, next season. Obviously at the time we really didn't know when that was going to happen, but obviously ended up being a normal sophomore year for you there. But I'm just curious how you sort of handled that whole situation. Yeah. It's kind of funny that you say like unmemorable because it's honestly probably the most memorable year. Um, <laughs> From a fan perspective, you know. it's probably unmemorable because you guys, you guys <laughs> couldn't accomplish anything. Yeah, for sure. Um, but no, it was definitely very memorable. I mean, aside from the season, but um, it was hard. I mean, I think we were all going through the same thing of like, okay, the world is shutting down basically. Like no one had been through something like this. What do we do? Um, again, like that Thursday when the NCAA put out its statement that it was being canceled, I was like sitting in my apartment sobbing. Um, and everyone's like, oh my God, Colonel's crying so much. I'm like, yeah, like we don't get to play lacrosse anymore. Like, are you kidding? Um, and it wasn't even about the school. I was just like, I want to go to practice tomorrow. I remember we were like at practice, we were doing a film session. We were supposed to play Richmond on that Friday and we were leaving, um, or play them Saturday. We were leaving on Friday and our coaches had like came down to practice, like holding all of our binders. And we were all like, all right, like we're not watching film, you know, like it was really weird. Like this was the time when the big East was getting canceled for basketball. Um, we were like checking our phones, like during our drill being like, what's happening, what's happening. And um, it was just, it was a really crazy 48 hours for sure. I had on Friday, we had a team meeting and I remember like after it was over, I just like stood outside our like balcony of our athletic center, like staring at the field. And I was like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do for the entire summer? Like, what is going on? Like the first thing in my mind was like, are we going to get this year back? Like we only played four games, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then obviously soon enough, they like released a statement within 24 hours saying that 
Um, hopefully we would get our eligibility back. And immediately I texted my coach and I was like, I'm coming back for a fifth year. <laughs> She's like, it's been a day. I'm like, I don't care. I'm coming back. And so um, it was just, it was really sad. Like it was definitely really sad. I think everyone in the country was going through the same thing. Nobody knew how to feel. Um, I felt so terrible for the seniors that just like didn't get a chance to, you know, finish out their year and graduate. Some of them did end up returning for us. So I was super grateful for that. But um, it was tough. I mean, looking back now, I had actually said a speech to my team in the beginning of the year. And I was like, that was one of the hardest days of my lacrosse career, aside from, you know, family hardships and losing games and everything and injuries. But I was like, I'm so grateful for that because this extra year that I just had, like, I wouldn't be standing in front of you guys. And like, honestly, the way that I ended my career was just like so important to me. And this year it was like nothing that I would trade for anything for. So I was just more grateful than anything, you know, looking back being like, yeah, that was really hard that we all went through that. But um, I'm so happy and just I'm so like grateful that like that did happen because I have this now. What's it like playing in the Big East for lacrosse? Um, what's the competition like and just some of the teams that you play? Um, it's tough. You play Denver, you play UConn, you play Georgetown, Marquette. I mean, honestly, Butler, Xavier's new. Everybody is like really good. So um, I think it's really important that we had a tough out of conference schedule because it really prepares you for what the teams that you're going to see and the style of play. It's fast, it's physical. Um, just like I think this year, obviously, our biggest target was like us. Like, you know, and it sounds silly to say, but I mean, if you're not on your A game, like any team can beat you on any given day. So having a season like last year where we actually had only beat Butler this year is really important for us to focus on ourselves and like how can we play our best game for 60 minutes we had beaten Georgetown for the first time in 29 years this year and like that was such a special day for us um it was a one goal game I mean it's like it was pouring rain it was like anything that you would imagine of like such a rivalry that we have with them um and then like we played a really tough game against Denver and Marquette and UConn too so it's just like each year it gets more important to just like focus on the little things because you look back and you're like, all right, if we just had shot a little bit better, if we had won two more draws, if we had had three less turnovers or had perfect clears, like the game could have been different. So, yeah. Well, obviously for people that know me, they know I've been watching lacrosse <laughs> since this past year. So I might as well ask, why is Denver in the Big East uh, for women's lacrosse? That seems very random to me. I don't know, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know how conference like works. Um, the Big East is kind of like all spread out. They're in it for the boys. Don't think they're in it for basketball. I don't even know if they have basketball. Um, but I mean, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Like you have to play this really good team that again just made it to the final four this year, but you also get to. And when you beat them, which I hope we do next year, I'll be rooting for these girls too. Um, it's even extra special, right? Because like, again, like they're preparing you to be better. You wouldn't be good if you were playing against average competition every single game. So um, it's a balance, right? Like you kind of have the easier teams, you have the harder teams, but again, like you have to focus on yourself because anybody can be anybody on any given day. It must be brutal to do the whole mile high, like the altitude where they play, I assume. Like, I don't know how you guys manage that. Like they're obviously used to it. That's probably, that's probably a good advantage for them. Definitely. It's really probably really hard to play out there. It is hard. Um, I mean, each drink lots of water. Luckily, we go out two days before, so we have two practices there. Um, it's just you got to hydrate. It's literally all it is. 
what was like sort of the biggest adjustment you had to make uh, to college lacrosse from your perspective? Um, what's the transition like from high school to college? And what would you say was like the hardest adjustment you had to make um, when you were in college? That's a good question. Um, biggest adjustment? Honestly, probably just like the pace of practice. Um, again, as someone that is like a huge lax rat, I was like excited to go to practice every day. Um, but it was the, like, you're nervous as a freshman coming in. You're like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know the 30 people that are on my team. And like, you want to play well, obviously, but you have jitters. And it's just like, honestly, like settling in with yourself, like sooner. Um, and the adjustment of like, as a freshman, I'm like, you know, you, you want to be a freshman, but you don't want to play like a freshman. So it's like finding the adjustment of, you know, how can I play like the senior but how can I like, you know, know my boundaries and, um, you know, be respectful and, you know, all that stuff. Um, I think it's just like getting used to the fast pace of play. Like I said, the practices, the lifting, the conditioning, it's like, you're a student athlete in high school, you know, it's normal. A lot of people play sports, but like, I joke around. It's like, you're really an athlete student when you get to college. And like, I wanted to be an athlete student. Like <laughs> I definitely put way more time into my athletics. I did my schoolwork. Um, my team jokes around with me for that. And it's just like, it's hilarious, but I loved what I did. And um, you just, you get used to it after a while for sure. And then it, you know, you settle in again, you become more comfortable, but I think it's just the full adjustment of like, you know, you're playing a sport as a job. Now, you improved a lot between your season in 2021 to your season in 2022. Uh, what would you say was the biggest improvement you made to your game in that time span, especially offensively, having 44 goals and two hat-tricks that year against Butler and against Denver? Um, I would just say, like, the personal preparation I had. Um, it was, like, weirdly in a transition of coaching staff. So we had our new coaching staff with Jill, Maddie, and Kelsey coming in that fall. Um, definitely like a testament to them. I think like I had trained really hard that summer. Um, I had actually gotten surgery at the beginning of the summer and I think the rehab and the PT had helped me kind of just like start this like routine of, um, you know, playing all day and working out and all that stuff. But it was just like the mindset of like, okay, I'm an upperclassman. Um, I'm a senior, you know, like I want to help lead this team. We have a new staff coming in, like let's accomplish things we haven't accomplished before, um, it honestly was just like a mindset thing and not that my mindset has changed. Like I'd always come in being like, I want to do my best. Um, but it was kind of this like little thing in the back of my mind being like, all right, your time is winding down. And like, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to step up? Are you going to fade away from, you know, adversity or competition or whatever it is? Um, and I just chose to be all in. So I think it also was just like, you know, our coaches really, really, really wanted us to be successful. Like they came in hot to this program being like, all right, like you're Villanova, like, let's do this. Like, let's turn this program around. Like, let's be successful. Let's accomplish things. No other team has done before all of that, you know? Um, and so I just kind of had like rose to that occasion. Um, I had their support, you know, I supported them a thousand percent. Um, and it was just, I mean, it's just at the end of the day, working hard, you know? So one thing that I love about your game is how good you are at draw controls. You're in the top 10 in the nation in draw controls. And obviously, like I mentioned at the intro of this podcast, uh, you broke the Villanova program record for it. And since this is the title of our podcast called the draw control, I sort of want to ask you what is, how do you sort of work on that part of your game? 
What strategies do you have? Obviously, you can start to reveal your secrets now since you're no longer playing in college. So, uh, but what were some of the strategies that you used and how do you sort of work on that part of your game? I'm just curious about it. Yeah. Um, you say I can review my secrets, but I am going into the coaching realm. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to say most of the college <laughs> players, you're not going to be coaching them. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true, but they will be my competition. Um, <laughs> no, and uh, I mentioned it before, but it, I do really a owe a lot of my success to my former coach, Anna White. Um, I mean, full shout out. She's again, phenomenal. Um, she's just a great human, but she's a better coach and, she had taken the draw in college. She actually is in the record books and then CIA. And my freshman year, I was like, I'm coming after it all. Like, I obviously didn't know I was going to transfer, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to break your draw record. I think she had like 298 or something, um, 300. And after my freshman year, she's like, you got a little bit of ways to go. And I'm like, okay, like bring it on, challenge on. Um, so we like joke around now that I obviously beat it. Um, but you know, she had really like started my love for the draw. I had taken it in high school. It was not tactical. I was just like walking up to the line being like, I'm stronger than you. So I'm going to win this. Um, and I had actually learned that it's the quite opposite of that. It's way more technique fundamentals. Um, it's like about having strong wrists, obviously, but not like muscling through. It's like, it's really honestly like such a craft. Um, it's one I'm so passionate about, like I said, and not only coaching it, but like, or taking it, I mean, but coaching it has really helped my game because, you know, I try something out, I teach it to my players, I see maybe like well, why it works, it doesn't work for them. And then, you know, I go and I play in the game two days later, and I'm like, working through those adjustments myself. So it's really quite weird, because it's almost like I'm teaching myself all the time. Um, when I got into Villanova, I didn't have a draw coach. So, you know, I came my own coach, basically just taking everything that Anna had taught me my freshman year, and then building on it. And like you mentioned, how do I practice by myself? It's like, I'd get on a goalpost and I would just like rep after rep. I'd be doing um, drills that made my wrist stronger. I'd be doing tracking. Um, my junior year, we had this like software system for like eye hand speed coordination stuff. So I would like do that with like 3D glasses, like um, three times a week, basically. Um, anything that the goalies would be doing for tracking, I would jump in and do as a draw specialist. And it just over time, like made me obviously very successful because it was like little things that I did each day. So, I mean, it again, and then just like the experience of playing in a game is just way more. Um, it, it's just when you have that and you work through in-game scenarios, that's when you become like really tactical with what you're doing because I'm like, oh, okay, well this worked against this person, but she takes the draw differently. So you have to change up what you're doing. And then obviously then competing in the biggies for three years, it was really fun to change the way that I drew against competition year after year because I'm like, oh, okay. Like I remember this girl from last year, she did this and I did this, you know, like what I did last year didn't really work that well. So I'm going to change it up and do this. So um, it was just definitely a lot, a lot of strategy, a lot of film, a lot of practice, um, all built into, you know, what made me successful. Yeah. Did you like watch film? Did any particular player have sort of like, um, I guess, tendencies that you try to watch in, in film and sort of try to, did you sort of try to remember that when you played against them or was it more just trying to work on it from your perspective? Like, how can I get better rather than focusing on who you were going up against? Um, I scouted my opponents very hard, but honestly, like, so I, I can take the draw like six different ways. I took it righty and I took it lefty. Um, like I basically just worked the circle like a clock. So 
once I got to that stage, I would honestly say like it was my senior year where I was like, I can put it all these different places. Um, it was more fun to scout people because I'm like, oh, well, because she does this, I'm going to do this. And like, I had those tricks in my back pocket. I wasn't like really stuck on just only taking the draw one way. So also I think to my advantage, it was probably difficult to scout because I didn't really change like my body positioning or anything. Um, and I kind of just like worked through the draw at the moment, like with what I felt was best. Um, and it was hard, definitely like getting my circle people involved because like I had to teach them what I was doing and then also teach them what the opponent's draw taker is doing. And then like where I think the ball is going to go. But like, if I don't win it, where I think she's going to put it, it's like, again, so much strategy. Um, but it, yeah, lots and lots and lots of film, um, especially film of myself, because like I would watch myself and I knew what I was supposed to be doing, but sometimes you get caught up and you're like, not, you know, cocking your wrist all the way, or maybe you didn't follow through like directly where you wanted the ball to go. So um, I think just like getting used to seeing what I did in a game, I could then like mimic that in practice. I know you're a very competitive person. So how upset were you that you were only fourth on the draw control leaderboard for the NCAA? I don't know if you look at that. I was just, I, I feel like I would be a little upset that I worked so hard and only became fourth place. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like funny because people are probably like, oh my God, you were four. And I'm like, I was four, like not one, you know, like just yeah, not even top three. (laughs) I know, I know. Um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's it's whatever, like it's, it's all in relation to, you know, who you play, what you do. Um, I think just the biggest thing with us, it's like, okay, like, you know, some games I didn't take every single draw We're if we're up 15 to five. Um, I was playing through an injury this year. Like we're going to, you know, I'm going to give the sophomore experience and that's something that, you know, I had taken pride in is like teaching the younger girls. So, um, it wasn't about, you know, being on every single draw for every possession. It was just about like doing my job of giving us the advantage and whatever situation, if it's a tired game, obviously I'm going to stay in and take the draw. But if we're up, it's like, okay, let's get the sophomore and freshman experience so that way when they become a senior you know they're doing things that I didn't do like I want them to beat my records um that's just the foundation that's set you know so Mm -hmm. it's my job to you know pass along my secrets to them and make sure that they're getting the same time on the field so you know I'm like okay maybe that's why I was fourth and not third (laughs) but it's you know it doesn't matter anymore so well, if it makes you feel any better, you have the most draw controls on the draw control podcast. I know you've only there's only been one guest yourself, but you can at least say that, which when the podcast gets bigger, I hope uh, it's something that I feel like you could wear with honor. Oh, of course. Well, that's nice. I mean, now it's just me versus myself, but you know, there'll be more maybe, people coming on. This maybe week, bring so on some we'll people that are have some lower numbers. So I can say that in a couple of years. Well, being a grad student this past year, what type of leadership did you want to bring? You sort of mentioned in trying to help those uh, freshmen and sophomores out. Were you a vocal leader or lead by example type of player? Uh, definitely. I'm both, but I mean, definitely vocal. I mean, I was like the emotional engine to our team. Um, again, it's just going back to my passion and my care, you know, how I wanted to build relationships with all my teammates and my coaches um it's funny like sometimes I probably talked too much like on a daily basis like bringing it in the circle like giving some sort of like come on like speech whatever um so it was funny when I had mentioned before like we had read these speeches back in January at the start of our season and I was like I don't want to make this like any other daily thing that I say to you guys and like everyone's laughing um 
But I mean, and then it's like tagged to like leading by example, you know, if I had just talked the talk and not walked the walk, no one would respect me. And um, I think that's a package deal, right? Like you can't be a good leader and only have one of those things. So um, I really made sure to just like have my actions, follow my words. You make mistakes, you move on, you learn, like you ask for forgiveness. Um, it's all part of the process and it's all part of being a leader. It's not going to be perfect 24 seven. Um, obviously it helped having an extra year as a grad student, kind of like a super senior. It's like things I did my senior year, you know, that didn't work out. I'm going to do differently this, this, uh, fifth year. So, um, I mean, I'm like really grateful, obviously for the team that we had this year, I think they like really bought into our mission and the vision of this program. Um, again, we had our best program or best season in program history. And um, I really think that like, that wasn't something that we had two years ago. People didn't really believe people didn't, you know, want to be in the big East championship. People just would like shy away from the tough games, like a Denver, like a Georgetown. Um, and so I was like really, really vocal this year about like, you know, getting people to buy in and being like, okay, if I'm doing it, like you're doing it, you know, like we're all in, we're, we're believing in what we're going to do. Um, and it's not just like for us right now, but it's so in five years, you know, we can look back and be like, all right, like where has this program gone? So that was like really the main gist of my leadership is just like, let's play for the people that are coming after us because we really want to leave this place better than we found it. Um, and I can, you know, confidently say that we did that this year. So it really made me happy. Yeah. And your team went from uh, six to 11 wins from your senior year to your fifth year. What would you say was the key to your team's success this past season? Um, like I said, the belief thousand percent, um, the belief in our coaches, first of all, is huge. Like it's hard to trust new coaching staff when they first come in, um, and I think this year, like having that, this be our second year with them, everyone was like, all right, we get it. And like, you want to win. They're so successful. They had come from Bryant, won a championship there. They had come from Drexel and brought them to a top 10 program. So like they have the background um, and, you know, the accolades from their previous schools for us to buy in. Um, it's obviously just hard in the beginning, but I think every single person just like really believed this year that we could do something special. We've known that we had the talent. And again, like we had beaten teams we hadn't beaten in almost three decades. We had the best record and most wins in program history. Um, we had put up the most amount of goals we ever had in a season, most assists. Like there's so many things that we did. And it was just a testament to people like obviously believing and working hard, um, but also like trusting that, you know, there's a reason why we work together in the offense and there's a reason why we work together in the defense. And really just honestly becoming a team. Like that was the biggest part of it is like having that culture that's positive and fun, but also a culture that like wants to win and is like so in it, you know? Yeah. And obviously your team ended up making it all the way to the Big East uh, tournament and you guys lost uh, to uh, Denver. So I just sort of want to ask what you took away from your final uh, collegiate game and uh, what will you take away from your Villanova lacrosse experience when you look back on it now? Um, a lot. I mean, I've had two months to reflect. Um, I like made a joke when I was reading these questions. I'm like, oh, wait, I hit a girl while she's still down. It's, Sorry about that. It's I okay. know. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm kidding. I'm only laughing, but um, it's hard. Like you don't know you're playing your last game. I had gone into that. It was, it was honestly like the best locker room pregame we've ever had. Um, and I like think back and we're like singing and dancing and 
um, our coach had like played one of our favorite songs in the beginning and we just had this like big mosh pit dance party. And so like now whenever that song comes on, I'm like, oh, tugging at the heartstrings. Um, but it's hard. Like our energy was so awesome. We had a week to prepare for them. Um, again, like it was the belief in everything that like we honestly thought we were going to make it to the championship and some things don't work out the way that you hope they do. Um, we obviously didn't expect anything, but we had like wanted it really bad. So um, I remember there was like five seconds left on the clock and the ball had already passed over the restraining line. And like, so we were standing back and one of our sophomore attackers, attackers looked at me and was like, you did everything you could. I was just like immediately sobbing from there. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe it's over. Um, and it was hard. Like, it's just, it, I had said it to my teammates. I'm like, you know that the end of the season is coming and you know that the end of your career is coming to have those happen in the same day is really difficult, especially when you're trying to be so in the moment. It's like, I had talked with my sports psychologist a lot this year. Um, and, you know, I said to him, I'm like, I don't feel sad that like I'm graduating because I'm not thinking about anything other than like what is going on right now. Um, like what game we have next, all that stuff. I really tried to be like so present in what I was doing. So when it came to our game against Denver, I wasn't like, oh, it's going to be the last. I was just like, all right, like, let's go win and have fun. So um, once that final whistle blew, it was definitely kind of just like a shock of being like, okay, it's actually over. Um, and that was hard, you know, just like how any other graduating senior would feel, you know, when their career is done. It's like, all right, you did everything you could and there's no next season to try and be better. But again, that's kind of solidified my reasoning for why I want to coach because I'm like, I love the thrill of a game. I love being around a team. Um, I love making a difference in people and I want to win. Like at the end of the day, it's like, I didn't win a championship ever and I want that. So um, that's basically, you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Well, hopefully this next segment will help cheer up the mood a little bit. Um, It's called five <laughs> questions that have nothing to do with sports. Oh, thank God. Sort of a yeah. way to I help. Hope I get to know you guys a little bit more off the field. Uh, so I found five questions and I'm excited to get to hear your responses on them. I'll give you mine as well so we can have a fun conversation about it. So, oh, okay, good. First good. one is uh, if there was a movie made about your life, uh, who would you want to play yourself? Okay, so I told my roommate about this question before I hopped on this call. And literally without hesitation, she was like, Barbie. <laughs> I'm like, okay, was well, this fitting that the new Barbie movie just came out? I don't even know who's starring in it, but she Margot was Robbie. Like, yeah, Margot Robbie. She's like, Margot Robbie should play you. Because we had this running joke all season that, um, and she's like over there, she's like literally laughing at me, but we had this running joke all season that when I would go to my locker room, she'd be like, you're in Barbie's playhouse. Like, <laughs> Barbie's packing for her an away trip this weekend. Like, it's just, it was, she was so funny. She was our um, fifth year transfer that came in. But um, yeah, so maybe Margot Robbie. I don't know. I'm like, is she funny? Like, is she cool? I don't know. I've only seen her in The Wolf of Wall Street, and that's not really a comedy movie, so um, I can't really say. I haven't yeah, watched it's like probably Marvel. not her. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe like Melissa McCarthy. Like she's funny. Yeah, I feel like for me, probably um, Andrew Garfield. I think he's a good actor. I think we sort of look alike. Um, probably he looks obviously a lot better than I do, but <laughs> I would say probably him, just because he would get my mannerisms down, or someone okay. that like I knew, like one of my friends from like school. Cause they would know how to like act me as me, even though we don't look anything alike. Oh, okay. Like non-actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, my other roommate looks exactly like me. 
and people always mistake us for twins. So if I probably would have to choose anyone with looks, it would just be her because yeah. people would probably think it's me anyway. What is your go-to karaoke song? Oh, Shallow with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, a thousand percent. Are I have you... a lot of songs I like to sing. I was definitely the vocalist on the team. I wouldn't say I'm good, but I sang a lot. Um, and I would always sing Shallow. So, I mean, it's like as soon as you're, you're, you're at the karaoke bar, you're like, all right. I'm up next. <laughs> yeah. Are you singing the whole song or just Lady Gaga's verse? Um, no, just Lady Gaga. I have a partner for the duet for sure. Who's, who's the Bradley Cooper? Um, on my team, it was Kathy Gallagher. She was our goalie. Um, so shout out to her. But she would uh, take the reins with Bradley on that one. And we, you know, on the bus, think about it like small bus, microphone. Yeah. You're really getting into that. So. I can only do Bradley Cooper's part just because Lady Gaga's is too too much uh, long notes that I definitely could not hit and embarrass myself too much. So I'll definitely yeah, I just em- I embrace that. Yeah, <laughs> I think for me, I would I would say probably um, I don't know. You belong with me with Taylor or Style by Taylor Swift. That's a good <laughs> okay. like good embarrassing song to sing in karaoke that people like. So that's what I would go with. What is the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week? I read fiction. So, I mean, like just summer casual reading. So I wouldn't say it was anything interesting. What have I seen this week that's interesting? Um, I don't know. Can I ask you that question first and then yeah. base my answer off of it? So yesterday on social media, I saw this video of this little kid and his dad at a baseball game. And the, someone handed the dad a foul ball and he obviously gave it to his kid. And then he threw it back on the field. And his little brother was like, or older brother was like right next to me, starts throwing a temper tantrum and starts crying. And you can tell this dad's like, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into uh, with two crying boys right next to him on Father's Day? So I just thought it was a funny video. And I definitely feel like a lot of people um, can probably relate to that because I was definitely not the most um, well-behaved child um, growing up. So I thought that was just funny and interesting. And they eventually did get, get a ball from the sideline reporter and a jersey as well so it all worked out but it was just oh, that was cute. kind of a funny thing to to watch uh with all the kind of bad news going around i feel like right lately yeah um that's funny that actually just it reminded me of obviously sadly the i-95 crash that happened in philadelphia but barstool philly had posted this instagram today and it was like there was this running meme this week of like the live stream of like the cleanup happening and how like all these bars are going to be broadcasting it and there was this bar um in philly i forget where it was but it was everybody tuned into the live stream on like this big jumbotron and like something had happened and everyone like went crazy screaming and like that is philly for you like i love this place because it's just people surround themselves and like dive into the stupidest things like you're at a bar and you're watching the i-95 live stream cleanup like i think that's hilarious um so i mean it's just like another reason why i love this place but now, one more uh, non-sports question. Uh, what is one item on your bucket list that you would like to do one day? I'm assuming you checked off one going to Paris, but I'm assuming there's probably more on it. Yeah, like travel-wise or just like life goals? Any Anything, honestly. Um, if you were to relate this to lacrosse, like I want to win a national championship. Um, that's definitely on the bucket list of my coaching duties. Um, I think anyone would say that that's an athlete in my shoes, but you know you're going all the way. I think traveling, I would love to, my teammates from New Zealand. And so 
Um, I had joked around with her being like, I need to visit you. The fact that you have a place to live there and I can come. <laughs> and she's like, oh my gosh, yes. Um, I think I just want to travel more, to be honest. Like I didn't used to love flying. I think now I'm getting a little more used to it because we just had to travel so much for lacrosse. Um, so just love to explore. I mean, maybe a safari in Africa. Maybe yeah. It sounds cliche, but like, I just, I want to get out for sure and, you know, see more places and cultures. I think sort of similar for me, probably go out to like, I've never been out to the West Coast, so probably like check that out. That looks like a lot of fun. And then life goals, probably just be happy. I know that sounds super cliche, but I just want to do something that makes me happy. So probably something like that. And hopefully I'm working as hard as I can in college right now to to make that happen. So that's probably my only life goal I have, as cliche as it sounds. Chase Troy. Well, Nick, getting back to some lacrosse questions now, uh, what should be done to help grow Lumens Lacrosse from your perspective? Um, I only watch Lumens Lacrosse just because it's the first time watching it. But before I started watching it, I didn't even think there was Lumens Lacrosse. So I'm just curious what you think the sport needs to do to help grow grow it. Um, well, then in that case, broadcast it. I think ESPN has done a much better job over the past years of broadcasting women's games. I think there is still a lot of growth. Um, I think for us, like where I am now, um, expanding the professional league. So that way more people can play in it. Um, again, they've done a great job. I think athletes unlimited had just bought out the WPLL two years ago. So everything is still new and changing. Um, but I think honestly, and I had mentioned this before, the biggest thing is just like, you know, former athletes, um, to give back to the younger kids and, you know, find a way to stay involved in the game, whether that's refing, coaching, coaching club, coaching as a career. Um, I think it's such, you know, you go to college and you dedicate four years of your life to it. It's not something that you should just hang up to cleats one day, say goodbye and never do it, speak of it or do anything involved with it again. Um, again, that's why I'm going into coaching. I just want to stay around the sport forever. And again, I really want to make sure that little girls at age five, six and seven, you know, have something to look forward to. And it's like playing at a competitive level. Um, and building relationships and making friends and, you know, just like finding that joy that like every single person like would love to accomplish, you know. Um, so I think just, you know, finding a way to stay involved is like the number one thing is how can we broadcast it so that more people know about the sport and then how can everybody give back, you know, once their time is done. Well, sort of piggybacking off your answer, what advice would you give uh, to younger players uh, on what it takes to be a college lacrosse player like yourself? I'm hoping that at some point people will listen to this podcast from who are in that age range. So if there are any listening right now, uh, feel free to give them any advice or if they're listening to this like a few years from now. Yeah. Um, advice. Like there's, there's so much that I can say. I think it's, I'm going to keep this cliche to kind of my motto of the season, but it's like chase joy, like find the little things that make you fall in love with the sport, the relationships, the friendships, the, the, you know, being outside for two hours. Like you can't take that for granted. Like you get to exercise, um, you know, the bus rides, the singing, the dancing, um, all of it, like that's so much joy. That is why the sport is so fun, you know, winning aside, like that comes last. Um, I think the biggest part of that is like for all these little kids that are probably like going to tournaments this summer and, you know, playing every single day and traveling across the country and playing in front of coaches. It's like, take a deep breath and 
you know, reflect on like why you're there and what your why is. And it's not going to seem so overwhelming. It's like your why should just be because I like the sport and I have fun. Um, And that is like what is going to carry you through. There was this quote, um, I'm definitely going to like butcher it, but my coach had sent it to me last year. And it was like, your love for what you do is going to carry you through basically like all the hardships, all the tough workouts, everything um, from the tough conversations to the losses, to the rainy days, like all that thing, the love of the game and the love for what you do is going to carry you through to the end. And that is like why you're going to fall in love with the entire process. Um, so it's just, I guess like my piece of advice is enjoy the process, be in the moment um, and just like, be joyful all the time because it's really going to make it like way more worth it in the end. And you're not going to get caught up in, I didn't win a championship. You're going to be looking back. Like I found my best friends and I had such a great experience. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like the stuff I remember from sports is stuff that happened off the ice for me since I played hockey. Um, And I feel like that's sort of the stuff I remember more than what happened on, on the ice or in your case on the field. So I totally agree with you on that advice. Now, before we end this interview, do you have any shout outs you want to give uh, to any of your teammates, family members, and friends? And since we are a new podcast, who should we have on next? Oh, um, oh I'll think about that last one. But um, honestly, just like shouting out Villanova, um, the support staff, my coaches, my teammates. Um, I think, oh, sorry. Did you just hear that phone call? <laughs> I did not. So we're good. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> um, just like everyone who has been a part of my athletic journey um, deserves a shout out because I would not be who I am. Uh, my passion would not be what it is without everyone that has been involved in my life from my parents to my coaches, again, to my teammates. Um, my parents would get mad at me if I didn't shout them out on this. Like, but like, they know I love them. They, my dad had driven me to everything. My mom's my number one supporter. And um, I mean, it's just, it's like really special when you have such a strong support group in your family and your friends and your coaches, you know, that like want what's best for you. That is like the best feeling when like somebody else cares about you just as much as like you care about your goals for yourself. Um, so, I mean, truly, I think like this coaching staff that I just finished with, with Jill, Maddie and Kelsey, I am so, and even Jamie, Jill's sister, she was our volunteer. Um, they are like so important to me and they really turned my mindset and my career around um and I'm so grateful that I just like had these last two years with them and that experience because um you know I finished obviously without a championship but like with my heart so full that I was able to be a part of this team and this program and this school um and have such a positive experience doing it so I mean a lot of love to them because you know it would be totally different if I hadn't met them Well, thank you so much, Caroline, for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate your time. It means so much to myself. Uh, You're a great person, great player, and I just want to let you know that. And I wish you nothing but the best um, in your coaching career in the future. And I know someday you'll be winning a championship uh, with the team that you coach, and I can't wait to see that happen and sort of uh, say that I was sort of there for you manifesting it um, right now. So, Love that. Thank you. I appreciate it.